0: Let's go to the Lord in prayer together right now. Heavenly Father, great are you, Lord, and greatly to be praised in all of the earth. And so, Lord, as we come into these moments where we open your holy word, use it to speak into our lives, to transform us into the image of your son, Jesus Christ, through your power. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Who in here today would have a thought that would say, I want something different in my life this year. I want something more for my life. Something different in some area of my life. And, and how does that happen? And, and why for so many times is it so difficult to make that happen when, when we want it so badly? Today we continue a sermon series, as you saw, called Necessary Endings, and it's based on a book by Henry Cloud, and I encourage you to pick that up if you want to look deeper into what this is all about. But in this series, so far we've learned a few truths, and it it goes back to our key text that we're basing this whole series on, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, that says, There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens so just like in nature in life there is a season for everything that we're we're going along but then at times then this is going to come to an end so that God can birth something new there's a, a necessary ending that happens from since some things so that I can move into a new chapter and maybe that it, it involves a behavior that I need to to put an end to so that I can become more like Christ. Maybe it's over here in a business venture that you've been involved in and that things have been going for a season, but you're seeing it's no longer viable anymore, and it's time for me to do an ending so I can move over here into something else. Maybe it's an addiction that you've seen that has got you gripped, and you're like, I've got to, to, to address this, and a necessary ending is I've got to do this so that I can move forward in freedom. Maybe it's in a relationship. But I want to, to do a little pastoral caveat here as we've talked as the pastors about necessary endings in relationships that the Bible teaches us that there, is, there are some relationships that are worth going to the mat for, fighting to the death for, like your marriage. And maybe it's, it's not a time yet for a... or. or a necessary ending to your marriage, but it could be that there's a necessary ending in your marriage to a strategy, uh, to, a, to some scripts that you've been going through for years that are not working anymore, and you might need a, a change and to put, a, put an ending to those and start something so God can lead you into a brand new chapter together, seasons. We also have looked at the principle of, the biblical principle of pruning that if you look at a rose bush and you go to these these professional rose growers, they will prune. And if you watch them, you're like, hey, wait a minute, what are you doing? Like, it looks like they're doing damage to a tree. They're cutting off branches. Some of them are, are dead. But some of them look like they might even be viable. But... What the professional knows is that there's some buds that may not have the full potential and they can see it, they can recognize that maybe these need to go so that the end result can be a work of beauty. And so maybe God is calling us into our lives to see some things that we need to, to do a pruning in. And already since the message last week, I've talked to people who are, who are addressing some things in their lives. Maybe you've been listening online and, and you're like, yes, God is calling me into a new place, But here's the, the challenge that we face sometimes is that, that change is so difficult sometimes, isn't it? It's so hard. And why is it? Maybe it's that I don't want to face a necessary ending because I have to lower my pride and realize that maybe this is something that's not going to work. Or maybe I'm afraid and I've got to grieve a, a, a loss or an ending over here. You see, the the key thought that we've got to grasp today that I want you to get is this right here, that sometimes the biggest obstacle of our tomorrow is something we're doing today and it must end for us to get there. It must end so that God can lead us into this new place. And and here's the truth, that it might not have been something that's bad. It might be something that in a season it was good, but now the time has changed and it's time to move on. Let me give you an example. Maybe this is going to show kind of how old I am and maybe some of you. Did you ever go to this store years ago? blockbuster video. Maybe your parents took you there to, to get some children's movies, man. We went in and we got one of these right here, ah, like a VHS tape. And this is a relic, isn't it? So you go in there. I remember driving into the parking lot with my boys. I'm like, oh, I just hope that the, the latest Toy Story, it's in there. Because I get to the thing, I'm like, oh no, there's no more left. Ah. And then you would rent a movie for like two days and like get late fees and all that stuff and then remember like you're heading out the door of the store and there was a sign that says be kind rewind like what is rewind now like we have digital everything like you can just jump to it blockbuster had a season man back in the day there was a time when there was nine thousand of these franchises all over the country and this little startup company netflix they went to them and go hey would you buy us for 50 million dollars and the guy the ceo was like no i don't think so and he passed on this opportunity. And, and, and he didn't notice that the culture was shifting, that there was a time for this thing, but it was over now. And here was the new deal. And so block like Netflix has gone on to become this monster company. It's almost as big as CBS. It's huge. They missed it in this season. There should have been a necessary ending to this old way of doing business and, and embracing, but instead they they held on. It's tough. It's tough in all of our lives. There's things we want to hold on to. And and I talk to even high-level professionals out there, guys that are leading companies and they're hiring people, and, and man, they'll tell you that it's, it's, it's tough when they realize that this employee I have is no longer cutting it. Are they, it's, and I've got to do a necessary ending. I've got to let them go or something. And it's, it's difficult. Or maybe you're over here and you've been trying a strategy with a trainer and a diet and it's not getting there anymore. And you're like, I need to wave the white flag on this thing. And I need to try something different. And I need a, a necessary ending on things that are no longer working in my life. Here's what we have today is the Bible's going to teach us today that we have a hope. We have a, a confidence that we can know when we need to make a necessary ending. And it's going to be, we're going to look at is, am I looking at wishful thinking or am I looking at a solid hope and a biblical hope? And so today I want you to grab three things, three keys to a hope that does not disappoint. And the first thing that we need to to get if you're looking there on your outline is that we need to get in touch with reality if i'm gonna to make a necessary ending i'm gonna have to ask myself is it is it time for this to end or do i need to hold on longer and then keep investing in this thing do i need i don't know like we have this this great capacity for denial don't we to to think oh man stuff's not that bad we got this thing I call selective seeing sometimes. It's like we want to just kind of gloss over the negative. Oh, and like, and that's great if you're optimistic, but there comes a time when we need to get realistic. You know, it's like, oh, that noise in the engine of my car, oh, it's not that that car I bought real cheap over here, like that noise, that grinding, oh, it's nothing. It's fine. Like selective seeing. We we see and we we gloss over things sometimes in our minds to make us feel better. And so today I want you to see that there's a difference between wishful thinking and a realistic hope. Over here, wishful thinking says this, that I have an expectation, a desire for a certain outcome, for a certain thing that I'm hoping for. It could be like, I hope to get out of debt one day. But then it just stops right there. Boom! The desi- It's like you just mentioned a desire, but then there's nothing left after that, no plan. And so a, a, a strong and a confident hope that we have over here is similar to it. It takes a desire, and it's like, I hope that this will happen and want it, but then it goes a step farther, and this is what is biblical hope. In the New Testament, the Greek word for hope here is called el pizzo, El Pizzo, and this is the, the nuance of this scripture, says that it, that this hope gives us a solid reason, a confident expectation to put my trust and hope that this situation can and will take place. It's I have a, a confident expectation in my God, in this person, in this strategy because why because it's built and grounded in the word of god and, and and there's an accountability that this person has to me it's not just wishful thinking that maybe that there's some some brand new information that has come and there's a new strategy that is taking what was once a wishful thinking and now i have a solid hope many times we dress up our wishful thinking in in spiritual language like like this like I was talking to a lady and she's like, yeah, I hope to get married one day when, and and, and I'm just trusting God will lead this person to me. I go, man, that sounds great. That's awesome. You're praying about it. But then there's a thing called when you add to prayer, like prayer plus, like, like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing to contribute? Do you ever leave your house? She's like, well, no. Like if God wants me to marry somebody, he can lead them to my front door. I go, dude, if you don't want to marry like the FedEx driver, you got to get out of the house. <laughs> you got to get out of the house. Wishful thinking. And so today, God is saying, ask yourself, am I facing the reality of the situation? Am I continuing to cling on to something that's an empty wish? Or do I have like the confident expectation that, that there's hope in here? The Apostle Paul, he. He knew hardships, and he saw the reality of what was going on, but he lived in a confident hope. In the book of Philippians, we see that Paul had been in prison for four long years. He was in captivity waiting for a trial, and he was just waiting there, and he was in hardship. But listen to what he writes to the church at Philippi. In chapter 1, he says, Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. So what has happened to him is he's in prison, in captivity. And so he's not glossing over it and sugarcoating it. He's like, here's what's going on. But as a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone that I am in chains for Christ. Now this is interesting. Like if you're in prison... Like, word gets out, like, what are you in for? Like, armed robbery, like, the word spreads. And so the word was spreading, like, what is Paul doing in here? I'm in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, he says, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord, and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. How could they continue to proclaim the gospel without fear? Why? It's because they had a confident hope that God was going to is gonna take care of them. They couldn't see out into the future in every detail, but they, they had a confident hope in Jesus Christ. And so Paul teaches us here today in this passage that our spirit doesn't have to be a reflection of our situation. Your spirit doesn't have to reflect your maybe you're in a tough situation of suffering maybe the ship that you're in right now is getting battered all around and the waves are crashing but he says we have an anchor of hope in Jesus Christ an anchor that digs in and holds us with a confident hope not just wishful thinking the next thing we need to grasp today if we're going to have a greater future is we need to to see that we got to get hopeless about what's not working You go, wait a second, I thought we were talking about hope. Like, how can you talk now about hopelessness? I want you to follow me here for just a minute. The Bible teaches this principle that we can actually get heart sick when we are stalled out waiting and hoping on and on and on for something that never comes. Listen to the book of Proverbs chapter 13 that says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. A hope deferred is when you're, you're waiting and it, it just never comes and you begin to, to get depressed and you begin to run out of hope. And this is where it, it's, it's actually a good thing is when we get hopeless about what is not working, God can bring us to this moment of motivation to make a necessary ending for something that we've been just hoping for and wishing for. But God say, I'm bringing you to a place where you're going to have to trust me. Let me play this out just a little bit in a little scenario Let's say you're in a marriage that's that's not going well, and for years it's been rocky. Like you've been the faithful one, you've been over here, and you've been trying to be do the right thing. But your your spouse maybe there's been a lot of de- deceit or some lies, or there's been some some abuse emotionally or physically. And and you you finally after all these years of this distress and all this pressure, and like you come to this realization moment, a light bulb goes off, and it's 2020 vision and clarity. And you say, you know what, I'm, at the, I'm in a hopeless situation right here. Either this thing's got to change, he's got to get changed, or she's got to change, or we're going to head straight for the rocks, and this thing's going to end in a divorce, or we're going to do something over here, a necessary ending. We're going to go into, in another direction. And so you get hopeless, and God might bring you to this place where you say, man, I have nowhere else to go, God, but to lean into you in dependence this morning because I have nowhere else to go it's tough isn't it it's tough to face it and a lot of times we don't want to to let go of it reminds me of when i used to play golf years ago maybe y'all played golf when i was younger i'd go out to the course with my buddies you know they are all pretty good and i was just kind of self taught and so i had this wacky grip you know i'd be like and i'm like slicing balls here hooking over here my friends are over there like oh my goodness like, dude, what are you doing? Like, go get some lessons. Like, only like one out of every five shots you hit even works. Like, okay. So I go and I get to the pro. I'm like, man, I need some lessons. He goes, we gotta reinvent your grip, man. It's all messed up. So here's how you're gonna do it. Get it like this. He go, now try it. And I'm like, Phew. I'm just spraying balls all over the driving range. I'm like, this didn't work. He's like, Stay with it, man. Stay with it. This is, a, this is the, what you need, the, the change you need. Don't give up hope. But here's the thing. God calls us a lot of times to something new, and we get into it, and then we, get, we say, oh, Lord, it's not going as fast as I want. And like, things aren't happening. And what's our natural tendency? It's like to go back to that old grip. I'm just going to give up. I'm just going to go back to what I know. And we just, year after year, year after year, we just keep, we keep going back to the same grid and we just keep going. When God's saying, hey, we got to get hopeless about not what's not working. He's calling us to say, man, it's time to put to bed those old patterns, those old, those old ways of thinking, that old prejudice over here, that old mindset that you had, this habit that's been holding you back. Listen to what Paul says in Romans chapter 8. He says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. See, Paul knew that we were going to be in present suffering right now, that things were going to be tough. But he wasn't hopeless. He wasn't saying like, oh man, this is all there is to it. He was looking to the future and he says it's not compared to the glory that we're going to have. And so today you might find yourself hurting and suffering and you're wrapped up in something, and you ask God, why am I in this? The Heavenly Father says, here's a truth for you today, that sometimes it's in your pain that you have the most productivity. It's in your suffering that you learn independence to lean into God even more. So why this series? Why do I need to consider a necessary ending in my life? It's because sometimes the biggest obstacle of my tomorrow is something that I'm doing today that must end for me to get there. The final thing that I want you to pick up on today to find that hope that doesn't disappoint is to learn this. We need to grasp that sometimes loss is the way to gain. You say, wait a second, what is this? Like, this is backwards. How can loss be the way to gain? But there's actually a principle that the Bible teaches this, that that when we finally let go of ourselves, we can get all of what he wants for our life. As as long as, if I want to live a small life, I'm going to be the God over my own life, and I'm going to call the shots, and I'm going to depend on myself for my supply, and I'm going to constantly be in want, because I can't fulfill everything that God has designed within me to connect with my creator. He says this, maybe it's time. You've been trying so hard. You've been been doing everything yourself that that it's time to unseek and you will find. What does that even mean? Listen to what Jesus tells us in Luke chapter 17. He says, whoever tries to keep their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life will preserve it. He's saying, are you trying so hard to gain the things of this world? You're trying to go and and build up all of your your possessions. I'm working so hard to fix it all, to prove it all, to gain everything. And I'm trying to gain the the admiration of my Heavenly Father by just showing him how much I can do. And he says, "Ah, that's not how it works. He says, I'm calling you. To put an end to that I'm calling you to let go and, and, and to to release it and, and it's because here, when we get to this point in our life where we just say I need that oftentimes the last thing we need is is that and God is saying I want you to surrender that I want you to step away and I want you to surrender and, and trust me that I've got a great plan and I've got the resources for your life Sometimes the loss is the way to gain that that Christ wants us to to go through a loss so that we can be birthed into something brand new. Jesus said, I went and took a loss for you so that I could gain you for all of eternity. I went to the, the cross and I laid down my life and I lost it. Why? Because I didn't want to be without you anymore. And so Jesus, he did a necessary ending. Jesus said, that I'm going to put an end to the sinful man. I'm going to put an end to the old sacrificial system where you're going to, you're going to slaughter animals to atone for your sin. I'm putting an end to just keeping the laws. Jesus said, that's, it. that's over now. And we're in a new, a new day of grace. And he says, I have come and I've experienced the loss so that I could, could call you to great gain in your life for all of eternity Wow, some people call following Jesus a risk. The world is going to say it's risky. But God says, I'm calling you to follow me in faith. Just like I called Abraham to to leave the land of his ancestors, to to, to leave the land of Ur, the Chaldeans, to go over here toward Israel and to to go in faith to a new place and enter a new covenant. It was risky, but he followed in faith. Maybe he's calling you like Noah. He's out there, and Noah's trying to build this ship. He's got all this wood, and people are like, what are you doing? He went in faith, and maybe you're like Daniel, who went in faith, and he said, I'm going to get on my knees, and I'm going to pray to my God, even though I run the risk of being in this lion's den over here. Daniel said, I'm going forward in faith, and I, I can't even see. I can't even see how the story's going to end. Like, we see it now, but he didn't see it. And so God is calling you to what the book of Hebrews chapter 1 says. He says, now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance of what we do not see. Maybe God's got you in a moment. He's calling you to walk in faith. He's like, I can't see it. I don't understand it. He said, exactly. That's why I'm calling you to trust me. Are you going to stay locked up in this old mess and mire your life, or are you going to say, God, I need a necessary ending. Show it. Reveal it to me. I want to play it forward in my mind. I want to see where you you have for me, playing it forward into the future. There was an old man. He liked to go down to the park every day and take his book. He was retired. He'd go down to the park and sit on this bench, and he'd start reading. One day he was out there, and this young man came out to the park. He was in a, a business suit, man, sharp-looking kid. He had the Wall Street Journal. He sat down on the same bench at the other end with this guy. The old man looked at him, and he, he almost said a word. St- and, he, oh, and he just went back to his book. Here in just a little while, the, the younger man looked at him and said, Excuse me, sir, um, do you have the time? And the older man looked at him and was just kind of, And he just went back to his book. And the younger man said, excuse me, sir, do you know what time it is? And the older man was just like, he kind of looked at him and shook his head. And this went on like three or four times. And finally, the younger man, he he looked at the old man. He said, sir, why won't you tell me what time it is? And the old man shut his book and he said, I'll tell you why. I saw you walk up. You look like a sharp young man. You got a business suit on. You got the Wall Street Journal. I know that you're probably on your way to work, and you're out, and you're working it, and you're, you're ambitious, and you're a great kid. And I knew that if I started talking to you, I'd probably like you. And then if I liked you, I'd probably like invite you to come over and, and have dinner with me and my wife one night. And once you got over there, you're going to meet my daughter, and she's about your age, and she's really good looking. And once you meet her, you're going to ask her out on a date. And y'all are going to start dating. And then you're going to propose to her. And I'll be dadgum if I'm going to have a son-in-law that doesn't own a watch. (laughs) He was playing it forward. The movie in his mind. God's calling us to say, I want you to look forward. I'm calling you to greater things. You're stuck in this old. But I'm calling you forward to a new and a better future. Where do you want to see yourself? Imagine yourself in the future. Romans 5, 1 and 2 says, Therefore, we, since we have been justified through faith, we have what? We have peace with God now through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access into this grace in which we now stand. And listen to what he says. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Oh, my friends, today we don't have a a wishy-washy, wishful-thinking faith. We have a strong, confident faith that says, my hope is in the Lord, and I'm going to trust him. I don't know what's happening, but I know that he's got me, and he's going to hold on to me for all of eternity. I'm placing my hope and my my faith in him. Oh, my friends, today, church, I don't know about you, but, but I know that... My faith is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. And I call you today to join me with your voice and your heart to say, His oath, His covenant, His blood, support me in the whelming flood. When all about me my soul gives way, He is all my hope and stay. Christ in you, my friends, the hope of glory. Amen.